This is three women and a bottle of wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. Delving into whatever interests us. News, not news. What affects our lives? Because it's probably affecting yours too. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is three women and a bottle of wine. I'm Julie Bartke. And I'm Kim Inslee. And we're still here, everybody. Yay. Here. So happy to share with you our podcast segments featuring unique people, things, and and we hope stuff that you're going to enjoy learning about just as much as, as we do. Yeah, Lynn here. And like last season, we are still in COVID mode. That means we are bringing these podcasts to you from the comfort of our laptops for a little bit longer, which is kind of a bummer where we wish we could be in person clinking glasses, but uh, doing it virtually for the time being. That is true. Although there is something to be said for doing it from the comfort of our couch with the laptop on our lap, my dog curled up on my feet and joining us right now from the comfort of her laptop. She's a woman who knows how to blend her culinary skills with a business that's a catalyst for caring and building community. And I stole that right from her website, Rose McGee. She's the owner of Sweet Potato Comfort Pie, and she is joining us today. Rose, thank you so, so much. Thank you. It's really good to be here. I um, used you as an excuse to have a glass of wine. <laughs> you don't need an excuse. There's, yeah. Before we Who started recording, excuse? Rose was telling us about her day job. And then, of course, she's got Sweet Potato Comfort Pie and... You know, there's 27 hours in Rose's 24-hour day, so <laughs> you enjoy that glass of wine. Um, so we wanted to start, Julie found this uh, statement on your website that I want to delve into a little bit and kind of get into the history of what you're doing. So on the website, it says, sweet potato pie is the sacred dessert of Black people, and it has power. Not only does it give us energy, this pie links us to history. It soothes our spirits and renews us for the much needed work. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that statement, what it means to you, and also Rose, the origins of sweet potato comfort pie, because it started, it started as your way to reach out to others in an amazing way. I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I tell people all the time, we're more than just a pretty pie. And I say that because it is a pretty pie and it's always in a box that's beautiful because we present it as a gift. So when people open the box, they see this beautiful pie and this beautiful aroma comes out and it's comforting. And that kind of is where it was to come from. I grew up in the rural South of Jackson, Tennessee, and I grew up with my grandmother and my great grandmother. And what people did where I came from was they always, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have much, but they would make something when it was, you know, time to express a feeling. So I watched my grandmother and great grandmother make sweet potato pies and gift them to people. If someone was in mourning or if someone had a baby or if somebody was sick, that's just what they did. And also the sweet potato pie, we, we'd have these, these things called big meeting. And it was once a year, this big thing where everybody would come together at church and be there all day. And so people would bring lots of food and people were always asking for my grandmother's sweet potato pie. They wanted my grandmother's sweet potato pie. 
and it might be my Aunt Lorraine's cake or whatever, you know. So I grew up with seeing that dessert in the center of everything. And I didn't think much of that until I was an adult, well into adulthood, because I didn't know how to make the pie. I had no reason to, because I had people around me who did, right? <laughs> right. But somewhere after I got married and I, I moved away um, from home after graduating from college, I got married and I was living in Denver. And one Sunday, I remember so well, I woke up and I said, I, I, I want to make a sweet potato pie. And I didn't know how. And I called my grandmother was still in Tennessee. And I said, mama, can you tell me how to make a sweet potato pie? Give me the recipe, please. She said, recipe? <laughs> what recipe? Because, you know, the dessert is in her head, right? Mm-hmm. So she's giving it to me and I'm trying to remember it. And I made the biggest mess and I made the mess several times, but for some reason I kept trying and I eventually did get it. And over time, it became one of those things that, you know, how it is, if you're going to somebody's house or if there's a, a meal or something, they say, bring, you bring the so-and-so, you bring the so-and-so. So the so-and-so that I was asked to bring was always the sweet potato pie. And then it would be years later before um, the pie kind of surfaced when, you know, people were starting to ask, uh, do you sell it? Can I buy it? And I didn't. And then I did eventually um, hooked up with a woman that many of you probably know, love her dearly, Sue Zellickson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we, uh, I, I hooked up with her Women Who Really Cook group. And so they were telling me, yeah, you should sell it at the farmer's market. And so I did. I started selling at the farmer's market. It was a lot of work because I've always worked full time. So on Friday nights, I'd finish work and then I'd be up all night long, literally making enough pies so they'd be at the farmer's market for Saturday and Sunday early. So that went on for a couple of years, wore me out. And then eventually I started selling the pies at Midtown Global Market. And then eventually I realized, you know, I need to stop this. I'm not really making money. But what I loved about it was how people were reacting when they would have the pie Mm -hmm. and how, you know, many Minnesotans had never had sweet potato pie. But then there were those African-Americans who would, go, you know, this reminds me of my mother's pie. And I hate to say it, but it does remind me of my mother's pie. (laughs) Because there's this thing about the dessert. It's like we say, can nobody make a sweet potato pie like my mama or whoever that endearing person is. So time went on and I realized I've got to stop this because I'm exhausted. And I did. I quit selling the pies and I would take occasional, you know, orders But then I watched Ferguson, Missouri, what was happening in 2014. And it hurt me so badly to see the faces of people who look like me and the pain. And I just knew I had to do something, but I didn't know what that something was. And then I, 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 as I tell people, I, uh, it was the Lord speaking to me and said, go make some pies and take them down. And that made no sense. Make some pies and take them down. But I did. And when I got down there, the initial um, you know, protests and riots had stopped. At this point, it was really eerie silence in the town. People were waiting for an indictment. And when I arrived at the scene of what now was the Michael Brown Memorial, as a young man who had been killed, I saw a young girl standing there and she was just arguing and fussing at Michael And I went over to her and I said, you knew him? And she said, yeah, we grew up together. He should have been at home that day. He should have been, she was just so upset. 
And I, I, I asked her if she would like a pie. And she thought I was out of my mind. And I said, give me a minute. And I went to my car and came back with a pie and presented it to her. And she started crying. Mm. And she couldn't believe that I was giving her this beautiful pie. That's what she said. She says, so pretty. <laughs> I said, it tastes pretty good too. Well, what I learned on that trip and all of the stories that people wanted to share was that people really wanted to be heard. They wanted to be listened to and they wanted to be treated with respect. And I came back home and realized uh, we've got to do something right here. And so that's what happened. Um, Came back, contacted my mayor and we had people here right in my living room and we talked about what could we do. And that's when we started the Martin Luther King weekend. That's a wonderful story. So your so the Sweet Potato Comfort Pies mission, so and this is also from your website here, is to quote, advance racial justice and equity, heal damage caused by race-based trauma and elevate marginalized voices and experiences. Um, I'd love to hear more. You just mentioned about um, the MLK event and, and also here in the Twin Cities in 2020, um, obviously highlighted globally the, the racial injustices that we continue to witness. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit more about how your business helps elevate these, these issues and, and also heal trauma? Well, as I said, it's more than just a pretty pie. And I lead story circles. That's so much of the work that I do. And story circles is a process by which people can come together and have these conversations in a way that promotes listening. So that's what we do when we have a sweet potato comfort pie approach. So the Martin Luther King weekend is an example of that. So yes, that Saturday, typically volunteers come and make the number of pies that Dr. King's age would have been. So this year, 2021, it would have been 92. We made 92 pies this year. Mm. But then on that Sunday, so the pies made on Saturday, on Sunday, people come and they have conversations with each other about a couple of things in particular. One is about race and what does that mean? How has race, how how have you been impacted by it? Or what do you want to see done differently? But then the second question that they respond to is, who would you like to gift this pie to? So you've got a room now with, with Zoom is how we had to do it this time. You've got a room with about you know eight to ten people in there, and they're talking about who they want to gift a pie to, and then people decide based upon the stories that they heard. So here the four of us are, right? And we all share our story as to who we'd like to gift a pie to and why. And when we hear it, then we would go, you know, Kim, that story that you told about that family who lost their home. I think you should have the pie. So that's how the pies are determined. Who gets them? And then they're distributed out into community like that. So they're almost like, like a symbol of, of support and encouragement and almost like a trophy. Like I would want to get a pie. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go through the trauma to get a pie, but I would want to get a pie. Rose, I'm just so inspired by you. So tell us a little bit about the woman behind this whole mission. Where did where, You told us how you came about giving the pies away. 
But how many people would come to that? Like, how are you raised to be, to have such a huge heart? Well, I'll go back to that, but let me say this. We, we don't just always give pies away, Julie, for catastrophic. We also do celebratory. It seems like more time is, but no, people get pies uh, in celebration too. So um, yeah, it's an honor to get a pie. Um, you know, if you have done something that you've overcome and you've earned something and somebody feels that you should have that pie, then that's what you, that, so celebratory. If you recall, and, and this sort of gets back to, to answer your other question, I mentioned my grandmother and great grandmother and what they did, they took those pies, yeah, when it was a bad time, but also when it was a joyful time. A new baby's born, they're taking a pie. Uh, somebody got married, they're taking a pie. They're out in the country. So these are the gifts that they could give. Um, you know, they weren't, they weren't the kind who could go out and buy uh, china and, and crystal, but they could make a good pie and take it to you as a gift, which was quite an honor. So three women's <laughs> launch their next season for their podcast. Yes, they get a pie. <laughs> That's a major, major milestone. Here's to that. I'll drink to that. You drink to that. <laughs> I love how you, I love how, and when I hear people talk about sweet potato pie, um, and for me, it's like my mom's bread. She always made homemade bread. Mm -hmm. I, like I was the kid who wanted Wonder Bread because I always had homemade bread and <laughs> uh, it's different. You know? And now it's like the most amazing thing. So it brings back those feelings of comfort and family and whatnot. Um, but you, this has caught on with people. So national attention, there's a publication um, from the uh, Washington Post, a women-centric publication called The Lily. And they, they named you one of the, uh, you know, five women who made a difference in 2020, which is incredible. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. And Julie said she turned on the waterworks when she saw you on Rachel Ray. So I mean, it's, it's catching on. I mean, this is this is a time when we're looking for real mm -hmm. things in our lives. Are you are you seeing feeling that? I mean, surely you felt that when you went to, to Ferguson. Do you feel it's just that human connection that we need in our lives? And that pie is that connection to something real? What, you know, we have hearts on top of each pie. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a thing that we say, and we now have started giving awards. We call it the batter that matters. Mm -hmm. So it's what's in the batter, right? That matters, the ingredients. It's the, what is it that makes uh, the character of an individual? And what is it that makes this whole thing worthwhile? It comes from the heart. So those hearts are right there. So as soon as a person opens the pie, the first thing they'll see are the hearts sitting on top. So it's important to, to understand that as we go through this, this thing in life, we have our trials and tribulations. I know I've had my share. And I think because of that is how I can relate to the need that people have for being comforted. And that's why we call them sweet potato comfort pie. And the idea is for you to receive some satisfaction of comfort when you receive one, when you have a slice of it. Um, and there are times I have to tell you when I have darn near a whole one, because <laughs> it's just, I need it. <laughs> well, in this past year, I've, there's been so much 
turmoil um, from COVID to um, George Floyd to there's just the list goes on and on. How, I mean, as you look back at 2020 and you look ahead to 2021, um, what's next? Will you continue to do this? And and also, are you optimistic that people are, are, that we're able to have healthier conversations around race and that we are going to get there through conversation and through just being human to human and enjoying food together, breaking bread, enjoying pie. There's power in food and food has always been very significant in, in, in lives, no matter what culture. And, you know, you heard Kim talk about her mother and her mother's bread. And I tell people all the time, for me, the sweet potato pie called me. I didn't call it. I don't even care to cook. <laughs> and, it's, but it's whatever. and I heard you heard me say when I first made it, it was a mess and it just got botched up pretty badly. But I don't know why the pie. I, I, I'm still in awe. I mean, I'm in awe that I'm sitting here having this conversation with you four <laughs> lovely ladies about the pie. So it definitely has a sacred place. It has, I call it a a very powerful place um, that's been there all along. Because historically, you know, um, I think about my grandmother and them, but there's so many others. There's a woman named Mary McLeod Bethune who started a school in Daytona Beach, Florida, which is now uh, Bethune-Cookman University. And she rode around in the early 1900s on her bicycle selling sweet potato pies. Now you can imagine a woman riding her bicycle with a long skirt. And you know, back then she probably had her hat on and all dressed up riding around selling sweet potato pie in order to make enough money so that freed black children could get education. When I think about um, you know, so many people now are um, talking about Miss Gilmore's story. And she, there's a book now um, about her story around food during the civil rights movement. So here she is making pies, all of these pies and things that she would make as a part of soul food, which, you know, during the civil rights movement, people needed. And I say, when we were out there with, um, you know, when Jamar Clark was killed over North and the protesters were out there, we made signs and carried it. And I, mine said fortify, fortify, sweet potato comfort pie. And what I did was I invited other makers of pies. These were chefs and, 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 and caterers who made sweet potato pie to meet us there. And each one was to bring you know about 10 pies, which meant we had several pies and they were distributed to protesters, to police officers who would accept them and also to families of Jamar Clark and to community leaders. The idea, and nobody ever turns away a sweet potato pie. So the idea of it coming from the heart and the idea of it coming from this place of of cultural heritage, and it's one of those cultural foods that's just so magnificent to have in the center of whatever you do. When we took pie up to um, Mr. George Floyd's memorial, um, I'll just quickly tell you a little bit what happened there. 
after COVID, I couldn't just go prancing around and bringing volunteers into kitchens to cook. Um, and, and it's like, what do you do? I started making a few pies and sitting them on my front porch and said, okay, whoever knows first line response, responders, you come and pick these pies up. And I also have rubber gloves in there for you to carry them safely. And so I'd sit them out on the porch and people come and get them. So when the incident happened with Mr. Floyd and the curfew occurred, I'm sitting here, I, I, I knew these young people, some of them who are out there and I knew they were gonna be out there all night and they were not gonna adhere to any curfew. So I'm sitting here fully dressed. I said, I'm gonna be here all night and sit here in case I need to go out and do whatever I need to do, whatever that was gonna be, I don't know. But I was there all night up until about 4.30, I fell asleep, woke up about seven and I said, okay, how am I gonna do this tonight? And then about noon, it occurred to me, oh, tonight I'm gonna make some pies. Hmm. And then about four or five, it occurred to me, wait a minute, I don't have to make these pies by myself. Everybody else is at home too. <laughs> so I went on Facebook and I made an announcement, I'm gonna make sweet potato pies tonight. Here's my recipe, go get your ingredients and join me. And so we went. I, I, was shocked when I went online, there they were. And then when I made the pies, I said, you know what? Tomorrow, I'm gonna carry pie up to the memorial site. Anybody who wants to join me, just meet me out front. Six o'clock, I look outside and there's a line of cars out there. Hmm. And we all caravaned over to the memorial site. And that's when a lot of the national press hit regarding this, because there we were. <laughs> And we decided to give pie to the volunteers. It was hot, if you recall. And a lot of people were out there just handing out water. You know, they had tables set up. And we began to give pie to those folks. And that's when we got picked up by CCO and CNN and everybody else who was noticing what was happening. And it went from there. But what what, I, what I've always learned is I don't just go up and say, here, take this pie. But I ask people if they would like to have a pie. But when I looked at the, um, the report that NBC National News did, they captured this man saying, oh, sweet potato pie? That's my favorite. Hmm. And I, it just, when he said that, it just made my heart melt because again, we never know um, what a person is going through, what the response is gonna be about something. We were enlightened by that. Wonderful. Great story. Well, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our final flight. Three Women and a Bottle of Wine is supported by 515 Productions. 515 Productions is a video production business with base camps in Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. Ian and his crew understand the art of creative storytelling, and they know how to make video look fantastic. Learn more at 515productions.com. Our logo was created by Aaliyah DeSalt, a creativity guru offering art workshops to everyone from business executives to book clubs because we all have untapped creative potential just waiting to be unleashed. You can find her contact information on our website. You can stay up to date on our podcast by checking out our website, threewomenandabottleofwine.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll find behind-the-scenes photos and, of course, much, much more. 
be sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, everybody, we're back with our final flight, which is a chance to have three quick questions for our guest. Rose, everybody knows you for your sweet potato pie, but we were kind of wondering, what is your favorite dessert? <laughs> My favorite dessert actually is the pecan pie. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> and That's I delicious. cannot make it. I cannot make it. I don't even try to make it. And I understand it's simple, but I'll just let people gift it to me. That's fine. <laughs> I think you've earned that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rose, we mentioned earlier that you were on the Rachel Ray's show, which I adore, and it was so great to watch you. So I just want to know, what's the coolest thing that either you've learned from a cooking show or that you picked up through the years, like a baking hack that you can share with our listeners? A turkey, cooking a turkey upside down. I learned it years ago when I first started. Remember back when I said I just learned how to cook and mm -hmm. I had to call my grandmother. I happened to have been watching one of those talk shows, um, uh, uh, cooking shows in the morning. And they always, back then, they would always give you tips after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So this was after Thanksgiving and it was, um, um, what's her name? The one that has all the stuff. Martha Stewart? Yes, thank you. <laughs> she it has all the stuff. <laughs> that other one. It was Martha Stewart. If it wasn't, it was somebody back then. And gave the tip on cooking the turkey upside down and then all the juices are running into the breast so that your oh. breast is tender. Oh. And I still cook. I have turkey. done that. It's amazing. It is amazing. And that's how I cook my turkey. All right. Last question. A bucket list item for 2021. Like what's your big, what are you going to do in 2021, either for fun or a serious, serious note? What's, what's on the list? You know, bucket I am list. so excited. I, are you familiar with the Bush Fellowship? Yes. I'm a Bush Fellow. Which is applause wow. to you. That is amazing. Yeah, Thank that's amazing. you. Wow. And I wasn't even able to utilize my travels in 2020 because of COVID. So I'm looking forward to the time in 2021 when I can go and explore some of these places, understand deeper the power of food culture, understand deeper how people come together and have these conversations in circle and understand deeper how it is that people who have gone through these catastrophic events are really, um, you know, what are they doing in their communities now to make a difference? The thing about what's happened is I'm now doing this stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're figuring it out as we go right here in uh, under my nose, but uh, the travel is still missing. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I want to spend that bush money. You should. <laughs> I can't yeah. say that I blame you at all. Help jumpstart that economy. <laughs> so again, thank you so, so much, Rose McGee, for joining us. And of course, we're going to put all the information about your business on our website. Yes. And thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Yes. And one quick question. So I went to sweetpotatocomfortpie.org and I saw that uh, the recipe is there, so people can get the recipe there. And they all there was also mention that Rush City Bakery was for a short, limited time. You might be able to actually buy the pie. Is that right? Because uh, often people will say, "How can I buy a pie?" Well, I don't make them for sale anymore. The Sweet Potato Comfort Pie is a movement. Many refer to it as a movement. Many refer to it as a mission. Many refer to it as a ministry. Whatever it is, 
we don't do those pies to sell. But along came Rush City Bakery. They used my recipe and people who would like to order a pie can order it from Rush City Bakery, which is in Rush City, Minnesota, about an hour from the Twin Cities. They do a lovely job with the pie. They ship it frozen so that you get it fresh and it's not, it doesn't contain any preservatives. We make, it's, 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 it's a good pie. It's a good pie. Yeah. Well, thank you. We'll put that on our website as well. Rose, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. It really has been. And thank you all for just lifting up my spirits tonight. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Rose, we'll meet you in person soon and really share a glass of wine. Absolutely. Looking forward. 